Hey everyone, welcome to our season finale of season four of the podcast, All the Things ADHD. All the things. Yeah. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. Um, we have done uh, the most episodes ever for season four. I think this is episode 25 or 26. I should know this because I literally just set up today's, uh, the the episode that launched today yesterday um and this is also our 71st episode of all the things adhd yesterday the the last episode was number 70 so this will be number 71 i love that that's like the kind of thing we only notice in retrospect so now we're gonna be like join us listeners let's celebrate 71 episodes (laughs) yeah a total random adhd thing like i finished a thing two weeks ago right? Yeah. Or, or whatever it is like we could, you know, some people tend to anticipate <laughs> big, big milestones coming up, but I always seem to get blindsided by them. Oh shit. It's mother's day. This week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, what will we do next week for that? Cause I totally didn't plan or whatever it is. So uh, we, today we can celebrate our 71st. Episode. Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I sort of went in and counted because I'm like, surely we've done a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Surely we have done a hundred episodes. Although like, it oh, may no, it's feel seventy, <laughs> it may feel to some listeners as if we've done two hundred episodes. I think it feels to my husband that we've done two hundred episodes. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. we've done two hundred words of episodes, I would think, compared to like the oh pace gosh. that other podcasters tend to talk. Absolutely, that, like the equivalent of two hundred episodes of words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, anyway, I am one of your co-hosts, uh, Lee Scalera Bassett. And I am the other one of your co-hosts, Amy Hope Morrison. So as I said, this is um, going to be, we de- I, I decided, we decided <laughs> that this was the finale that we were going to start our summer hiatus um, uh, just because I'm about to enter a really busy period at work because when, of course, faculty start slowing down, faculty developers start ramping up and we have a giant on-campus event that I am uh, co-organizing uh, I'm in charge of programming and uh, logistics, so oh, I would die. Um, wow. Well, not not all the logistics, but the logistics when it comes to the the programming part. So I don't have to worry about food, thank God, thank God, um, yeah. or anything like that. But I do have to worry about all the technology being in the right place and working at the right time for wow. all of the sessions to be to work. Um, we, I am glad that people like you exist. Because I am not people like you. I would look at that task and be like, I know the things that need to be done. And then I would become absolutely paralyzed and not do any of them. Well, I'm sort of like that right now. Um, Hmm. I'll I'll say this, that I had, you know, you want to like um, external (laughs) help um, on my colleague, uh, shout out to Caitlin. um, And she's gone on to do to to a much better job. Um, But she was my person whom... She did the, so I'll, I'll just put it in a nutshell. She did the spreadsheets. Ah, right? right. She did all of the spreadsheets. I told her what needed to happen. She was an amazing project manager oh, um, I because love it. you would tell her all the things that needed to happen and she yeah. would come up with the schedule and the checklist and the steps and the spreadsheets that were needed in order to organize the thing in order for it to happen. Oh, um, I love that. I love that when you yeah. can find somebody who yeah. has like a complimentary skill to yours, because like, I yes. also would know exactly what needed to be done, but have like absolutely no capacity to execute in a sustained and tactical um, and practical way. Absolutely none. And yeah. And so she's now gone. um, And so (laughs) I'm thankfully she left templates, which have helped, but bless at a certain point. So I, uh, this was, this was a moment at work where I um, learned about uh, and I wrote about this for women in higher ed. Uh, higher education is is a moment where we have to like I have to get better at asking for help but Mm -hmm. also like articulating the kind of help that I need in the moment right and so I did an I did when uh, so I'm in charge of programming and we send out a call for everyone um to uh the entire campus to submit sessions right could be right workshop research session round table whatever yeah. And we were just overwhelmed with the response. We thought that faculty would not be interested. They were like burned out. Uh-uh, we got almost 50 applicants. 
uh, 50 proposals. And then it was like, okay, Lee, make it work. Right, right, right. Um, you know, fit all of this into four days uh, yeah. that you didn't think you would have to do. And by the way, half the people actually want to be in person and half of them want to be virtual. Uh, so <laughs> and it all comes so tired. To me, <laughs> yeah. But it all comes to me in a spreadsheet because they fill out a Google form and it populates a spreadsheet. Right. And I'm not good at reading spreadsheets. I'm really not. Spreadsheets don't make sense to me. Right. Um, I'm a more, as I always say now, I'm an up-down person. I'm not a side-to-side person, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. spreadsheets, I have to navigate both up-down and side-to-side, and that's one too many planes. It's the multiverse. Um, yeah. It's the, like, I can't take the multiverse when it comes to data <laughs> presentation. <laughs> and so, and um, so all of this comes in, it's closed and we're on a tight t- deadline because usually we're doing this in December, but we're mm-hmm. actually doing this in March. Right. And the thing is in May. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm just like, and it, and it is our, as we say, sign, one of our signature events. And so it's an all hands on deck, all like, this is, we got to make this work. Right. Right. And so I, I'm asked to, well, could you beta test this or not beta test, but could you uh, test and play with this tool that we're talking about and thinking of adopting another faculty wants to use? And mm-hmm. I said, no, which is uncharacteristic of me. I believe it, Lee. But I said, I said no, because I have to do the programming mm-hmm. for TLISI. Yeah, and then so it was plenty busy. Yeah. And I said, and I was, and I, I worded it wrong because I said, I hate spreadsheets and I can't read spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, so the offer was, well, if you don't like this kind of work, well, we could take you off of it, especially if it's taking this much time that you can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. And I was, and, and finally I articulated it afterwards because I, because I was taken aback because I was like, I love, actually love this. I love TLSI. I love programming. This is great. It just takes more time. Yeah. And that's what I, what I wanted to articulate was that I just need more time for this than I typically do. And even less distractions. Like I cannot Spider-Man on this. I cannot take a 10 minute break to play with the software. Like I have to stay focused on this and it's just going to take me more time to read it and to make sense of it and to process all of this information I can do it it's just not as easy for me as many many other things that I am tasked to do yeah and so one of the things was is that you know the the help that I thought I was saying is that I hate this work when it was really, no, this work is just harder for me. And so the help that I can ask for is just, I need a little bit of space this week. Right. And I literally said it, I said, once I get past this week, it's fine. Like I'll have a lot more time, but like this week, I really need to focus on this thing while also doing the other stuff that is part of my day-to-day job. Yeah. Um, But, you know, but to also say the help that I would need after the fact is just check my work, right? Because I'm sure I'll have missed something and made mistakes. So I need somebody to come in who is better, who is maybe not better at this, but finds it a little bit easier to actually like check the details, right? Because again, not- Like like you need your editors, like when you you write your freelance pieces, Exactly. You do your best and then you are a little bit more confident letting it go to the next level because you know someone is going to be like the stopgap there for you, right? But it it was just this really weird moment because usually I would have Caitlin- and we could, yeah. and I'm used to having these conversations with her and she knows yeah. that I'm not good at spreadsheets. So I can say these things to her and she says, don't worry, you know, do your best and then we'll figure it out. Or, yeah. or she would reformat in a way that she knew would be more comprehensible to me. Yeah. Um, which I, you know, she'd make these anyways, she does spreadsheet magic. Like not only can I not read spreadsheets, but I literally don't understand how Excel works. Right. Um, and again, it's one of those things that I could learn. I know I could learn it. It's not rocket science, but yeah, but you're not interested in it. No, exactly. And so this is so it's it's this moment. And don't worry, I will come around to our episode topic. I'm getting there. Um, I came I up with it as I was me. telling the story. Is that yeah. Yeah. I have a level of acceptance that spreadsheets are never going to be my thing. Yeah, and this is the thing that I need to ask help for in various kinds of ways. Yes, um, and it was just interesting. The reaction to that was like, a, I said no, which people were like, what? What? Um, and B, I said I was struggling with something, which again is not something that I typically do, mostly mm-hmm. because most parts of my job 
are not a struggle for me. You know what I mean? It's not that I don't struggle. It's just that it's like, write a thing. Okay. You know, (laughs) do a webinar. Great. (laughs) Talk to people. Not a problem. Right. (laughs) Um, so, so that it's just this very, but it, but also how matter of factly I did it. I think I wasn't apologetic about it. I was just like, no, I'm bad at spreadsheets. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Honestly, that's really great Thanks. just to be like, to own it. Right. Like this is who I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to enjoy this uh, and yeah. I'm not going to be great at it. And I, I would need somebody to um, help me with this in this way. And, and like, you know, there's a lot of things at work that you can do incredibly quickly with no notice and no problem, like last minute webinars for stuff. Uh, yeah. But like something that this kind of task would probably take you longer than it would take other people just because it's the type of, of task that is full of, uh, that is the minefield for you, right? Yeah. Um, of things like that you find boring or things that you're not skilled at or things that, that require like too much working memory um, that you're not able to kind of muster the, the excitement that you need to be super interested and focused on it. Um, I think that's really great actually, yeah. that you know yourself that well and that you can just say it without apologizing. That's yeah. amazing. But but without also saying, well, I'm not going to do it, right? Yeah. Like there are parts of it that I enjoy, right? I enjoy reading and learning about all of these amazing sessions that faculty mm-hmm. and staff were proposing. And yeah. I love the actual event because it's like a conference. Yeah. And, and the extrovert in me is like, all right, let's go. Yeah, um, yeah. But also, um, you know, so that you sort I sort of had that motivation where it's like, this is a task that I don't like to do, but it is an important task in order to achieve a shared goal yes. um, that is both important to the organization, but also important to me as an individual. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, it's just going to take me more time and I'm just going to, you know, have to try and figure out how to do this. And it's not the the hard part is too is it's not necessarily something anybody could help with necessarily. Mm. It's just like, you know, I just need to stare at a spreadsheet for yeah. a couple hours Ugh. until it finally. Yeah, I know. Ugh. But at least it's not numbers, right? Like it's all text. Right. <laughs> so yeah, like I can I can deal with that. Um, I'm not trying to make sense of numbers, but and then stare at a grid schedule. Um, after the fact, after I make sense of the spreadsheet, stare at a grid schedule to be able to then plug everybody in so that I take into consideration, um, you know, not scheduling like things against each other and making sure everybody who wants to be virtual gets a virtual slot and make sure everybody who's in person gets an in-person slot. And I do kind of like doing that stuff. Like I used to also, um, uh, when I was a uh, graduate chair uh, in my department, I would have to slot, I think I've spoken to this before, I have to slot um, all of our, at that time, about 130 graduate students into the available teaching for graduate students. And that was, yeah. um, that was like a, again, a sort of like uh, the upper year students are going to get certain types of courses, but everybody gets a certain balance of courses. So you don't give like one person to third year soul charge teaching and somebody else like three sections of first year writing. Like you have to balance it that way. And then you have to think like two of the, they have two teaching terms and one non-teaching term, or this person has a scholarship. So they only get one teaching. And, and my spreadsheets for that were um, like, I would take over the conference room and have pieces of paper that I would spread. I would say to my coordinator, look, I am spreading the sheets. <laughs> And she uh, would like, let me do that. Cause I needed to see them all at the same time. And then I would like pencil stuff in, in the big grid. And I kind of enjoy the, um, it's almost like a Sudoku, right? Yeah. <laughs> like if I put yeah. this person here, but I can't also have them in this spot. So if I put this person, oh no, wait, that screws up this other row. And I would just sit there for a whole day um, and then try to figure it out. And I could do it. And I didn't mind doing it like that, but I would never do it on the computer. I just, uh, I learned the hard way there that that it was never going to make sense to me um, in that format. And my coordinator would laugh at me. She's like, is like, have I done something wrong in creating the spreadsheets and stuff? I was like, no, like, there's no way you can magic this, that I'm going to be yeah. able to do it on a screen. Like there's just exactly. not. So yeah. Um, yeah well, and that's absolutely. the thing. So it's like, I do, I said, I, I said too, I said, like, I know this eventually has to end up in another spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And I said, but I need to do it in a grid. Yep. Right. Just in, in word. Yep. Um, and just to be able to set and have my two screens up and have it in a grid, because if I'm doing it in a spreadsheet, like it'll, 
I can't. I can't look at it as a spreadsheet. Yeah. I have to have it at a grid in Word. Yeah. And then like I'll retype it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If as long as you give me a template to tell, because I mean, I'm so bad at spreadsheets that like I literally don't know what should be on the vertical and what should be on oh, the boy. horizontal. Right. Right. So you get like, vertigo, then you're like, oh. Yeah. And, and I learned from working with my former colleague, Caitlin, that it, like my instinct is wrong. Like I'll right. start setting up a spreadsheet and she'll look at it and we'll, and you know, like turn her head to the side and sort of the yeah. confused concern mm -hmm. like, trying not to. And she's like, why did you do it that way? And I said, I don't know. She's like, mm -hmm. how about we do it this way? And then does her, you know, waves her spreadsheet wand. Right. Um, and I'm like, that makes much more sense. And I never would have come up with that in a million years. Right. You know, so but, it's good um, to have her. Yes, I know. And she left templates. So like, well, Less. because then we got a GA who's like, well, I'll just use Caitlin's spreadsheet template. And I'm like, yes, do that. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. <laughs> Please do <Love> that. <laughs> That'll work. Mm -hmm. um, but it, but again, it's, it's just this sort of um, moment where I, you know, so again, unapologetically, it was just like, this is not the thing that I'm very good at, but I will do it. And I don't mind doing it, but I just, you know, need a little more time than I would normally need to do my tasks, right? I know so y'all are, are used to me doing it in like eight seconds, but it's going to yeah. take a little time. <laughs> so you are practicing then, Lee, self-acceptance? Yes, trying to, and trying articulating to. that, articulating my needs as well, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we were thinking of talking today, uh, and we are talking today, um, about we're inaugurating with this, our final episode of the season, our summer of self acceptance we need like i need like the xylophone sound right now <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, I move over to my piano i'll do that for you uh yeah so <laughs> I, i've been thinking about um this video i recently saw on uh, jessica mccabe's how to adhd channel um where after sort of six years of making videos she's kind of come to the realization that um she thought that she accepted her adhd but she can really see that she was quite wedded to this narrative of overcoming right? Mm. Of like, oh, great news. Now that you're diagnosed, you can fix everything about yourself. Or like, here's some tips and tricks so that you don't fail at the things that you have always failed at, or basically pass for neurotypical, right? So um, mm. I think she's really, she looked, quite up, she looked quite thoughtful and a little bit upset when she was like doing this video, really thinking about, um, as she describes her own sort of internalized ableism, that she really only accepted her own ADHD insofar as she could see and others could witness that she was doing everything humanly possible to be less ADHD, right? So a little yeah. bit unwilling to accept that um, it doesn't matter um, how many productivity hacks you have, right? And how much therapy you do and, and how um, diligently you take your Vyvanse or whatever it is that you take, um, herbal supplements, um, you're still disabled, right? Yeah. That's it. You still have ADHD and that even if you're not able to sort of show everybody on earth how hard you are working to not have ADHD anymore, you're still worthy of being accepted, right? And, and I know we've talked about the call coming from inside the house, how internalized ableism works is that we don't even require other people to tell us that, right? That yeah. we have to always be striving to overcome because, you know, uh, it fits in with that that episode we did about like isn't that just an excuse right um, yeah. and that's the sort of narrative we've internalized so it's very hard to accept sometimes a stigmatizing diagnosis like ADHD and then you're like oh well now at least there's a reason for the, the ways that I am um, and then that moves almost immediately into okay and now I can fix it <laughs> yeah right yeah. Um, and it's exhausting to, to try to fix it all the time and and on this podcast too we talk a lot about you know, some of our tips and tricks for doing things. And um, I do think we have um, done a pretty good job of sort of saying like, you know, that it do be like that sometimes as my kid yeah. has a tendency to say that, that there are some things about yourself that you, you can't change. Uh, and that sometimes the work that you have to do to sort of quote unquote, optimize <laughs> your brain are kind of the results are not really worth the amount of effort it would take to get you there. Right. Yeah. And, and so there has to be room a little bit for self-acceptance. What if you could be, um, or like, let's say me, like, what if I could be somebody who is always on the verge of being late um, for literally everything and I'm trying my best to not be late, but what if I just kind of forgave myself <laughs> for 
that's just who I am. There's various reasons uh, why I'm always on the verge of being late for things. Some of them are like <laughs> rooted in some of my childhood experiences and some of them are rooted in my brain not being able to tell how long it takes to do things. And, you know, I, I've managed my schedule so that I have fewer things that I have an opportunity to be late for right? Like, you know, I do my teaching in longer blocks on a fewer number of days and I try to stack my campus obligations all together on one day so that I only have to get to campus once. And then I'm going to be there for all the meetings and not be late to campus like four days um, in a week. But like at the end of it, I'm never going to be the one who's there um, exactly six minutes early so that I have time to unpack my bag and get my computer set up and take a sip of my coffee and chit chat with people. I'm either half an hour early or if I'm lucky, exactly on time. Right. Um, and it doesn't make me a bad person. Some people are always there exactly on time, exactly six minutes early. They don't, they don't arrive breathless and sweaty to the meetings, but like I used to be much worse at this before my diagnosis and, um, before my treatment. And, and I, I found myself saying like a couple of years ago, when I was starting my treatment, I got to a meeting and I was like mad because I was one minute early and I was sweaty, (laughs) but I was like, well, you know, it used to be, you'd be 10 minutes late and sweaty and would not have been prepared for the meeting, but you are prepared for the meeting and you are on time. Like maybe you're never going to be serene (laughs) about it. Um, And maybe I could just accept that that's, that that's who I am. Right. So it's great to want to grow as a person and it's great to want to improve. And there are, are some things that we you know, need to work on like impulsive spending can be a real problem for people, right? Impulsive behavior can be a real problem, like severe inattention and avoidance of paying one's bills or returning one's library books can have, you know, severe negative consequences. Um, and like, maybe it's, it's okay to get good enough yeah. at those things, but still visibly to other people be like, yeah, well, Amy has ADHD. She struggles with this and they like, oh yeah, I see it. Not like, oh, you'd never know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. The, the goal is maybe not, oh, you never know that she has ADHD. Maybe the goal is she's doing pretty well and she's trying. And like, let's not ever make Amy be the first one here to unlock the door for everybody because that's a recipe for failure. Yeah. And I think that just knowing, and this is, I think, particularly hard for women, but I think particularly hard for women, neurodiverse women who have worked so hard to try and mask, right? Without yes. even knowing it, right? Yes. Where you know, like you said about, uh, editing a book, right. With someone mm-hmm. and yes. you, you think you should be able to do it. Or it's like, I'm, or, mm-hmm. you know, like the late thing, you know, in a past, like yeah. I would have been the one who volunteered in part because yeah. I want to be the person who, yeah. you know, as, 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 a, as a, as a woman, this is an important, and I want to be seen as responsible and I want to be seen as somebody who can be relied upon. And I want to be, so I'm going to be the one who volunteers, right. Be there to yeah. open the door. Right. That's you right. Know, and trust me with the key. Yeah. I'll show um, you and myself yeah. that I can do it. Yeah. And then either, you know, and, you know, disaster is usually was usually averted, but it the but like it was tight. Like, what was the cost mm-hmm. of that internally? Yeah. Um, and so now it's even just knowing that you're not that person and saying like, I am not going to volunteer for this. Here is the thing I will volunteer for. Yes. Right. Or will offer because like, do you want me to write copy? Uh, you know, do you want me to um, uh, you know, do you want me to 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 write copy to you know organize the schedule to you know do whatever? Um, as long like as I'll stay late and way. close the room. Like I'll yeah. stay late and close the room. Yeah. If you want to get there early and yeah. you're going to set up and do chit chat with people, I will stay late, clean up the things, you know, yeah. have the chit chat with people on the way out because I or I'm not going to be late for that because I'm already there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Somebody has to open the room, and if somebody has to close the room, that's a much better sort of parallel task for me. Um, and I, it's okay to say like, I'm going to be better at that. Um, than the yeah. other thing, um, and it's okay that if I have to do, you know, some room openings, for example, that I'm only going to get there one minute before, and I'm going to try to do better. And I'm just going to be happy that I'm not actively late or that I forgot because at the end of the day, I still have ADHD and it is very hard for me to get places on time. It just, it just is like, my husband is yeah. so confused because he always like, builds in extravagant travel time. And, you know, he's like, 
he's like the calendar on my phone. That's like, you know, you have an appointment in 15 minutes at this place, you know, take this road traffic is light. It's going to take you this amount of time. And I was like, Oh, that's really good to have on my phone. That's like, you have to leave at this time if you want to get there. And I'm like, ah, I don't think so. I just yeah. going to play one more song on the piano and then I'm going to change my lipstick color. And then, you know, I've, I've decided to wear a different pair of shoes. Oh shit. I'm late. How did that happen? Every single time. Yeah. Right. Well, so, and it doesn't yeah. help that I grew up in Quebec where literally oh, everyone, everyone everything. is yeah. late for everything. Oh, sure. And that's why everybody also speeds because yeah. everybody's like, well, it only takes me 10 minutes to get there. Yeah. If I yeah, go they, 90 or sorry, well, 90 miles, if I go 120 kilometers an sure. hour on yeah. the highway, weaving in and out of traffic and swearing at people, you know, yeah. and then I get there that's stressed funny. out, but I was just, oh my God, I was gonna say, I was just at a scholarly thing in Quebec, but I wasn't. I was at a scholarly thing in Quebec three years ago. And I was like complaining to somebody because the thing was supposed to start and it was like 20 minutes late already. And she was like, what are you fussed about? It's like um, le quart de, um, de politesse, the, the quarter yeah. hour of politeness, right? It's yeah. like, I, you know what? We don't have a term for that in English Canada okay. because that's not a thing. No, 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 it's right? totally a thing in Quebec yeah. or, or like, you know, oh, it only it only says it's going to take me ten minutes by metro, but then you miss the metro yeah. and they're ten oh, minutes sure. apart. And like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like God damn it! If I caught it, it would have been ten minutes. Yeah, but yeah. since I didn't catch it, now I'm going to be late. Damn yeah. it! It doubles yeah. your time. Yeah. So there's like some things like you at the end of the day, you're you still have a disability, right? And it's a bit um, that's the internalized ableism again, saying like, um, you know, it's not like if I get. Uh, if like my sister, I trip on something in my house and somehow get a chunk of the hardwood floor embedded in the sole of my foot that becomes wildly infected. Um, once you determine that it's wildly infected, you can go to the doctor and get some antibiotics and some stern looks from the doctor because it took my sister four months to go to the doctor get out. for this. Oh, that's my classic, my sister. She was like actually hobbling. She had to have surgery to get the, the sliver oh. at the bottom of her foot. That, and the surgeon called the doctor and you could, she could hear the doctor on the phone going, I know, I don't know why she didn't come in. <laughs> so yeah, so even my sister there denied for a long time. She's like, it's just a sliver, like, you know, using my willpower and good attitude, right? Yeah. I can fix that. And she couldn't and, you know, gets <laughs> antibiotics for it and like surgery. Numbed, numbed her foot entirely. They had to like cut this chunk of wood out of her foot. They're like, "Wow, it's been in there a long time." And she's like, "Yeah, I know. Thanks." Uh, and then, but like after the antibiotics have run their course, she does not have a sliver in her foot anymore. She had an injury, not a disability, right? But we tend yeah. to treat our disabilities as if they are injuries, right? Like you yeah. have a concussion, you get knocked on the head, you stay in the dark for a while, and you stay out of the bright lights, and you stay out of the noises, and you you know don't do any brain jostling activities. And after a certain amount of time, you expect, well, I'm, I'm better, right? I've recovered. Um, and so that's not a problem anymore. But even with, with like concussions, you may have lingering effects forever, right? That illness yeah. may turn into a disability, but, but ADHD is a neurological disability. There is a measurable fundamental difference in how our brains operate um, that produce um, very consistent uh, types of disabilities, right? An inability to really function in clock time in ways that, that other people don't struggle with, right? Because we really do have trouble with like, how long is 15 minutes, right? Yep. How long is it going to take to get there? Um, and we struggle with um, impulsivity and forgetfulness, uh, short-term memory problems. We tend to be blurters, right? Like there's all kinds of things that are sort of directly chemically attributable to our disability for which like sort of maintenance treatments are available, right? Um, yeah. Which would be, you know, to get some therapy to understand yourself and also to take, you know, some type of approved prescription medication to sort of supplement the things that are missing in your brain so that you can function a little bit better, but it's always functioning a little bit better. It's not functioning to normative baseline, yeah. right? And, and maybe we hold ourselves to too high of a standard you know, so not only do we think like we should be, um, we should use all of our gifts as we tend to describe some of the things from our ADHD, right? Like, so you, you know, have been talking on this podcast about how great you are at like jumping in at the last minute for people and things that would make them scared or they'd not be ready for. And you're like, no, no, that's cool. Your extroversion. I'd, I'd like, I'd like the adrenaline, please. You like the adrenaline, right? And, and I'd like the adrenaline, please. <laughs> yeah. And you write things 
really fast because like in yeah. part of writing things really fast is like the adrenaline, but also the fact that you are, you know, what other people might call an oversharer, right? Like you have a lot of ideas and you're not afraid to write them down. And that's like a great gift, right? And, and we yeah. can acknowledge our gifts and thinking, well, I have to use my gift because that will make up for my deficits. But at the same time, I also have to fix all of my deficits so that if I tell people I have ADHD, they won't believe me right? They'll be like, what yeah. you, but you're always first here to unlock the door. Right. Why, why can't we they sleep here? Our best? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Like I came a day early. Um, so like, why can't we accept that? I mean, I, I guess it's like our neurodivergent hangover episode where I'm like, you know, you do something extraordinary. Um, and then you expect that you can go right back to a regular productivity right after, but that's not how extraordinary works. Right. So yeah you know, the things that we, we try to lean into our gifts so that we can say like, even though I have ADHD, like there's certain things that are still valuable and useful about me, but also I'm going to do everything else just as well as everybody else. Right. That's not what yeah. balance looks like. And that's probably not reasonable. No. And it's not even reasonable for neurotypical people, right? right. Like we're yeah. not all equally good at everything. Right. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what, that's why some people are musicians and some people uh, are not. Um, some people are accountants, right? <laughs> some people are accountants and yeah. some people are physicists and some, you know, yep. like we all have our varying, you know, and it's not necessarily all innate skill, but it's what we're interested in. It's how we've been, um, what we've learned, the, the environment we've grown up in. And, and sometimes it's just like straightforward, like, physical aptitude. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I am, I am not going to be, uh, you know, a, a gymnast, yeah. uh, <laughs> just yeah. like, I could probably do some learn to do, do like a cartwheel or something, but I will yeah. never be Simone Biles. Uh, yeah. Nobody else is, but like even yeah. a collegiate level, uh, gymnast, I'm not going to yeah. do that. My body is not, you know, it just, it's not going to work that way. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, it's good to learn to accept like those kinds of things, like we may not achieve certain types of excellence here, there and everywhere. Um, but it's sometimes galling for us to think like, we think we're already maybe trespassing on the world's goodwill simply by yes. existing in our disabled yes. state. And we always feel like we don't deserve maybe people to accept us unless we can show that we're really, really trying to not yeah. be as fucked up as we are. I mean, that's the yes. nature of a disability. A disability right? means like there is something different about you that disadvantages you in the world. And, you know, you're like, okay, well, that's an important thing to know about me. But also, unless I am actively trying to make that disappear, people may not accept me as disabled, right? So the only way exactly. you can be the right kind of disabled person is to actually not be disabled, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and that's ableist, yes. actually, right? Yeah. And I mean, we, we talk a lot about sometimes how people don't don't accept us and our differences, but maybe the first place to start is accepting our own differences. Yes. And by differences, I mean like disabilities, things that we cannot do. Yeah. And that's hard, hard for me to, to talk about, like not being able to do things because I yeah. do feel a lot of shame about the things I can't do. Well, and, and as you said, though, like the, the voice is coming from the inside of the house, mm -hmm. but also from outside, because yeah. if you are upfront and and sort of not ashamed of the things you can't do yeah right then yeah. it is like well what is wrong with you yeah right like well I just literally told you what was wrong with me yeah exactly but but, but I I you know we we don't you know we, we're not apologetic enough about it we're not um ashamed enough about it we're not I don't I I mean uh, like quiet enough about it where it's like, if I point blank say like, I can't do spreadsheets or I struggle mm -hmm. with spreadsheets, not that I can't do them. I can, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, but to, to say something like that in, in just a, a matter of fact kind of way, right. That, that puts people off. Yeah. Right. They're not sure what to do with that because they're like, Oh, okay. But it's, but it's just, it's, it's the fact of who we are and how our brain works. Maybe not the spreadsheet yeah. thing. I think that might just be a me thing, but you know, <laughs> uh, well, look, there are people with ADHD who can do spreadsheets and there are people with ADHD sure. who, you know, can't write like I write. And there, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a, there's a wide variety. And I think that that's one of the other tricky things is that no, 
one case of neurodivergence or disability or autism mm-hmm. um, and even physical disabilities look the same. Right. And we yeah. talked about that before. It's like, I knew somebody, I knew one person who was autistic and they don't yeah. act like you do. So yeah, that's right. Must not be autistic. I know. Therefore one of you is lying. <laughs> yeah. Therefore one of you is lying or, yeah. you know, um, I, or just the stereotypical view of what ADHD looks like, which is hyperactive mm-hmm. little boys. Mm-hmm. Um, that surely can't be you or, um, you know, again, so there's, there is, there is the voice that's coming from inside the house, but there is still a stigma and a very real risk. I don't want to say danger, but a very real risk of articulating that self-acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. To the, to the larger, to the larger, um, neurotypical sort of world. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's absolutely yeah. true. And like, and you can drive yourself crazy with yeah. that, right? Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Like as many therapists have told me, because I'm a control freak, they will say, Amy, the only thing you can control is yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was saying like- Except I care. can't, I have ADHD. Yeah, um. well, I mean like, but I can control my reactions to things, right? So I'll be yeah. like, oh, and this person keeps asking me to do this thing and they're mad because like I said, I can't do spreadsheets or, or whatever. Like they're just setting me up for failure. I'm not gonna be able to function like this. And I've articulated that as clearly as I can. And they're like making faces at me and my therapist be like, well, you know, you can't control that. Right. But you can know that your experience is valid and real and you are doing your best to be honest. Like you don't have to change your self concept because someone else is being unreasonable. Right. Like, just like, it's basically that version of like sticks and stones may break my bones. Right. Um, but names will never hurt me. Or when yeah. you're you know, they say about bullets, like, oh, don't, uh, you know, don't let them get to you. Yeah. Right. Um, and that has to do with, with self-acceptance. So maybe sometimes people won't accept when I share my limitations with them. Like I know, um, you know, people I care about have, I've struggled with them around my aversion to loud noises and the kinds of noises that I make when loud noises scare me, which they may take personally. And they'll be like, it's, I didn't do it on purpose. And I'm like, yes, but I yeah. cannot control my physiological reaction because this feels like a bullet went off inside my head um, and I'm going to swear and I'm going to shriek and maybe I'm going to burst into tears and that's just how, you know, I'm doing my best to, you know, do whatever I can in my life to not be faced with loud noises like that, or to be like less stressed out in general so that I have better resilience around the loud noises. But look, the thing is, that's what I'm always going to (laughs) do about loud noises. That's just part of the way that I'm wired. Um, And if they accept it, then great. But if they don't, I, I'm at a point now where I'm like, I haven't done anything wrong. Right. Yeah. Just because they don't believe that it's true doesn't mean it's not true. So I would say I have come to a place of self-acceptance around my deep aversion to loud noises and my, what some people characterize as out of control (laughs) reaction to Mm -hmm. being startled um, with loud noises. So that's something I've accepted about myself um, because I have ample evidence that it's a, a reflex, right? Yeah. And I feel physical pain um, when the loud noises happen. I'm like, well, that's not something I can change about myself, but, but somehow there are other things that have to do that, that seem more directly behavioral, right. Yeah. About yeah. like, um, you know, getting enough sleep or remembering to eat or getting places on time or remembering people's names um, oh. that I, I kind of am less able to accept as look, that's just how it's going to be. That's who I am. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm doing the things I can to, like, so I guess I, with names and such, like, I think I've talked on the podcast before about how I, you know, make my students all send me selfies that are labeled with their names. And I put it as the screensaver on my computer so I can like do flashcards and learn their names that way, because like other people don't need that, but I do. Yeah. And I make them make yep. little signs in class, like for a month and they put the signs in front of them. And every time I let them, like, I, I pick them to say something in class, I will look down at the sign and I will say their name out loud and I will look them in the face and guaranteed in November, there's still going to be a day I forget their names. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and, but I, I feel oh, bad heck, about uh, There are kids that I co that I've coached for the entire time that I've been yeah. coaching at this place, which is almost three, four years now. And yeah. there are days where I'm like, I stare at them yeah, and I have no idea what their name is. Yeah. Like you remember lots about them, but the name is, is gone. Right. And you feel a lot of shame about that because you're like, like what a selfish person I am. Right. That these people are nice to me and I can't even remember their names. And this person sent me a birthday card through the mail. Oh, right. And I forgot their name. (laughs) 
kind of thing. Right. Um, and I, I, it's hard for me to accept that about myself. I'm like, here's a hack that I use. Here's another hack. And maybe someday I'll pass for normal here, but like, what would it mean to just accept a little bit more that we're actually disabled? Yeah. Right. In, in some ways, it doesn't mean like, uh, I, I want like a disability parking pass and a disability pension and no accountability for anything in my life. It's not about that. And it's ableist even to think that there, that there's an all or nothing approach to that, but just to say like, uh, these things are always going to be way harder for me than for others. It doesn't mean that I have to try harder, like hard, 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 right. Not harder. Like sometimes these things will be impossible for me to do. Like maybe instead of saying like, this is going to be harder for me. Uh, maybe I say, this is going to be impossible for me to do without external supports, um, without it like having an extravagant toll on me, because that would be admitting that I'm never going to get normal about paying my bills or returning my library books on time or remembering people's names, right? Or answering emails. Or answering emails. <laughs> oh, fuck. Busted. Oh my God. I'm in so much trouble. I mean, it'd be easier if I could be at work and I'd see my colleagues sometimes and they'll be like, oh, like that email. And I would just grab them and say like, okay, here's my answer actually. Yes. Then I don't have to send the email, but I don't get to, right. But it's just so hard for all of us, I think, to be not like, oh, I'm not there yet, you know, but I'll try harder to just be like, I am really always going to struggle with this to such a degree that it's effectively impossible for me to be different. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that that's, you know, there are, and there are the things that are more private Mm -hmm. and the things that are more public too. Yeah. You know, um, where, and then there's the things that we can kind of maneuver around, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'll do anything in my power not to have to work on spreadsheets. Yeah. Right. Like it'll, it'll be like, I will, I will, you know, I will fight with Microsoft Word rather than fight with Microsoft Excel, which yes. may be easier to do in Excel, but I, you know, just, it's not going to happen. Um, but again, then there are these, there are these other things like remembering names, is p- particularly when you're in uh, education where yeah. they say the most important thing, the most important thing. Yeah. To connect with your students is to learn all of their names. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's the, uh, maybe it's the, what is it that the comorbidity with ADHD where uh, oppositional defiance, right? <laughs> where I'm like, no, I'm going to be the best teacher in the world and not know anyone's yeah. names. Yeah. I love that your defiance takes the form of like, no, I will work harder and be more successful. Not yeah. fuck you. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but not know anyone's names. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really hard. That's really yeah. hard. I, yeah, I mean, I think we all probably struggle with this. I mean, it's still, it's stigmatizing to have this disorder. And then like you take medication for it that people are like, I wish I could get that kind of boost, right? Like I'd like some pep pills too. And then you're like, well, if I'm taking my pep pills, I have to justify my like horse strength amphetamines by like doing 10 times as much work. Like I have to behave on amphetamines like a neurotypical person would behave on amphetamines and write like 10 papers in three days kind of thing. But like, it just brings me to sort of baseline, right? But It it just means I might be more on time. That's right. I don't deserve anybody to be nice to me about my disability unless I look like the after picture in the before and after, right? Yeah. But what if we're always in that space in between the before and after, or what if after looks just the same as before, but with more self-awareness and harm reduction, right? Yeah. I don't think we know how to think picture and not feel revulsion, but just be like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I am. That's who I've always been. And, you know, I've stopped like the dramatic negative consequences from happening in my life, but you know, I'm just never going to be somebody who's going to be able to teach before 10 a.m ever again, like what with the insomnia, like that's just, that ship has sailed for me. Uh, I'm not going to succeed at that. And it makes my workday quite a bit shorter and more chaotic, right? Because I, I tend to sleep in in the mornings because I have these midnight awakenings and I, you know, used to really like getting up in the morning and writing and now I I can't. Uh, And it's not like, oh, I'm going to make that up at night because I can't do that either. Right. So maybe right now my insomnia is disabling enough that I'm doing (laughs) less intense writing 
this time of year than I otherwise might be because I just, I need to sleep more and yeah. there's nothing, nothing I can do about it. Right. Yeah. It's not like hack this and do that. And maybe if you like in the middle of the night, instead of like, you know, lying there praying for death, like get up and do your writing then. And like, that's oh, not God, how it works. No. Like, you can't, you can't no. cheat your disability, right? No. Like, you can't. You can't. Oh. Sometimes it's just going to be disabling. Yeah. The end. Right. Yeah. Right? Yep. And do, I, do we have to hate ourselves for that? Do we have to hate our disabilities for that? Or do we have to like be sort of Buddhist about it and try to see the reality for what it is um, and practice kind of acceptance? I think it's, I think it's the latter. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I'm not think. That sounds sure. good, but I don't know. That's how what to, my meditation I, apps seem to tell me. Right. Like, yeah. Every once in a while and I'm, but so one of the, one of the greatest gifts, and I was reminded of this this week, and one of the greatest things in terms of knowing my, what my ADHD is and doing this podcast and talking about ADHD and getting to know, getting to know myself as someone with ADHD, right? Because yeah. I think that's an important process um, where now that we know uh, we're neurodivergent, it's an opportunity to get to know ourselves as that through that yeah. lens, as opposed yes. to a neurotypical lens. Yeah. I'm and, a mystery to myself, right? Yeah. I don't have to be. No, exactly. And so I teach a course and, um, it's a, it's, it's called a, a um, studio, a design studio course. And I do, and I think it. I've talked about this class before where I teach a class on, uh, for, um, learning design and technology master students in creating their, capstone e-portfolio which mm. also in a lot of cases serves as a personal website yeah and so we do a lot of identity and I tell them I tell them that this is going to be a hard class not because I'm going to ask you to write a lot or even build a lot and do crazy things in WordPress or anything like that this is going to be hard because I'm going to be asking you difficult questions about who you are and who you want to be and yep. to look at yourself and to look at your work in a way that nobody has ever asked you to. Yeah. And Hard. yeah, but in a lot of cases, you know, I give them prompts, I give them exercises, I ask them to do things we, you know, but at the end, like towards the end of the course, basically my role is to say, yes, it's okay to do it that way. If that's what's authentically you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, one student and she's, um, she's a mature student and she is, uh, also Muslim. Mm -hmm. Um, and so is, you know, conflicted about a lot of these things and wants to also work as a consultant, but she doesn't want to, she didn't want to like scare anyone off. Right. right. But at the end of the day, her work is heavily informed by, uh, tenets of her faith. Yeah. around knowledge, around giving back, around collaboration, around all of these kinds of things. And those are the kinds of people that she wants to work with too. Mm -hmm. And I just said to her, I said, look, if you're going to present yourself as, as, as a generic kind of consultant, you know, you're not going to end up doing the work that matters most to you. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, if somebody doesn't want to work with you because you are Muslim, then that is not somebody you want to work with either. That's right. It will not succeed. Right? Yeah, it will not succeed. And, you know, it just, and she, she was so grateful afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Where it was just like, I just needed somebody to give me permission. And, you know, I was like, you know, I don't want to say no, you didn't, but I was like, but, but yes, in a lot of cases, we do need somebody to give us permission. Right. To be yeah. able to do that. And that's something that I really work hard to do now in my role is just like, it's okay. And in fact, it's, it's more than okay to be yourself authentically after the, you know, we go through this 15 week process of, you know, looking at what they've done, where they want to go, all these kinds of things. But if you, whatever your conclusions are that you draw from this work that we've done are valid. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, we talked in our episode on voice too, yes. right. Is, is instead of trying to mimic like what you think is that middle of the road, middle of the bell curve, uh, inoffensive and therefore most widely appealing version of yourself, right. Or, or the one that will pass muster with, with gatekeepers who tend to always be people who are not like you. <laughs> Reviewer right? two. Reviewer two. Yeah. Otherwise. And 
And right. And, and we had discussed then about how when you try really hard to do that, you're not being authentic to yourself and you're going to, even if you do succeed, which is unlikely because that's not a natural mode for you. If you do succeed at, at passing for something that you're not, the, yeah. the work that you secure from that self-presentation is not going to be satisfying to you and also may not succeed. Yeah. Right. Um, and that like, sometimes we have to learn through a lot of experience that trying to be someone else uh, rarely fools both people, yeah. right? <laughs> it usually only fools one person and then the other person winds up being unhappy, right? So you might present yourself as a super timely person who can go be the first person to unlock the store every day um, because that's what you really want to believe. And the other person believes your self-presentation like that. And then you screw it up every day. Like you're both unhappy, right? Or you manage to do it, but like at the cost of you, you only sleep five hours a night now and you have seven alarms on your phone and you're like hypervigilant about everything where- And you have anxiety you dreams about being late every single night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Or it's like a little bit about dating. Like, you know, people put up these dating profiles that are like aspirational, not about who they want to, to date, but about who they think they themselves are. Like, I could be this kind of person, you know, but you never are. Right? Yeah. Um, you are who you are. You can fuss around the edges, but um, pretending to others that you are, are somebody else. Um, which is what we do with our own internalized ableism, right? It's like, I, yeah. I will admit I have a disability, um, but only if you can't see it, right? I yeah. would have to, I, I wouldn't want anybody to say like, is there something wrong with her? And they'd be like, oh, it's ADHD. And they'd be like, oh, I want to have to tell them I have ADHD. And they'd be like, what? You? You're so successful. What an inspiration, <laughs> right? Like, which I also hate when I manage yeah. that because people do yeah. tell me, you know, I'm an inspiration and I'm like, God, I'm a hot mess. Like, yeah, but I'm please. a hot mess. <laughs> but I'm a hot mess. And it doesn't yeah. feel authentic. Their praise doesn't feel authentic because it's based on a, like a lie that I have told, which is I'm fine. Yeah. I'm great. Yeah. And I'm not. Yeah. So yeah, that's a very relevant example. I think that, that all of us have trouble knowing ourselves and accepting ourselves for, for who we are. Uh, and yeah. I hate it. I hate yeah. it. Oh yeah. And it, and part of it is we, a lot of the times, again, we should all have to go to therapy right. um, is cause it, and, and I, and I working with the students in this portfolio course is that I, I you know, I tell them it's, it, and you've talked about this with your grad student as well, is that sometimes it's really hard to see the forest for their trees. Absolutely. So they get into the, they get into the program and they have these ideas about where they want to go and the, the, the big ideas and visions and, and goals. And that's great. But then you get into your individual classes and mm -hmm. you have papers and you have projects and you have readings and you have to, you know, and then everything gets focused down to these discrete, the trees, right? The discrete yeah. part of it. But they, yeah. so they come in, they'll come into my class and, you know, I'll say, and I'm like, how many of you can see in your projects how they relate to one another other than the fact that you were the one who did them? Yeah. And most of them can't. Right. And so then it's that work of like, they've done these things but they don't know almost why they've done them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the, they've done them to please somebody else. I mean, that's how most exactly. of us are oriented, right. Is that yeah. things will come to us if the people who have the resources are pleased with our efforts and then they will disperse some resources down to us. Right. It's never about who we are and what we want, like particularly in educational context, it's mostly yeah. about proving to the authority figure that you can be the type of person with the type of knowledge manifested in the type of ways that that authority figure wants, right? And that's how we, we're more about understanding other people's motivations and less about understanding our own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Last. And then, and I think one of the reasons I am, I'm good at this, at teaching this class is that I, I mean, I am authority figure insofar as yes, I teach the class. Yes, I have a PhD, but but in terms of the class itself, you know, I don't, you know, I'm never. <laughs> they hate it because it's there's never a right answer. They're like, should I do this or this? I was like, I don't know. Yeah. What feels more authentic to you? And then they throw things at me, right? Like, yes. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's my pedagogy of provocation. I call that. Yeah. Does it have yeah. to miss, miss? Does yeah. it have to be a five paragraph essay? I don't know. Does it have to be yeah. a five paragraph essay? They're like, oh my God, I hate you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, well, should I talk about this? I'm like, I don't know. Do you want to talk should about Should you that? talk about this? Should yeah. you talk oh, about yeah. this? Yeah. Should I talk about my hobbies? I don't know. Should you? And We're of course, I'm always, yeah. I also say, and I'm like, I, I am admittedly a outlier example where, you know, yeah. I show them, I'm like, I am an overshare. 
yeah here are my a million tweets um here is my deeply personal blog um (laughs) here's my also my sewing blog um here are my other 17 blogs here's my podcast where i talk openly about my disability here's why and i say that's not everyone. I get that. No, I get that. You don't have to do this. In fact, I would recommend probably not trying. Probably to do this. not. Yeah. yeah. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. Your mileage may vary. Um, so I think that that's, I, and ultimately, I think what I what I do in the class is I shift the focus. It's like, you're not trying to make me happy, mm-hmm. right? You are not trying to make me happy in this class. I am trying mm-hmm. to help you meet a programmatic goal, which is to create an e-portfolio. Mm-hmm that ultimately I don't really judge. Yeah. Right. Um, And so for me, what I want you to do is to make this project meaningful for yourself, right? You're the one who's, you know, and really shifting that responsibility or, Mm -hmm. you know, and working really hard for it. So it takes 15 weeks and then some, but but it's, it's been, it's been such a, and, and again, a learning process for me too, where that's, you know, teaching this class over and over again has really helped even myself think about these Mm -hmm. things and think about my own identity and think about um, how I've chosen to share myself. Yeah. But also what that means to me and and think about, well, is this, is this way that I've been doing things still serving a purpose for me or am I just still doing it because that's what people expect me to do? Yeah. So like, maybe this is, this is my self-acceptance, my summer of self-acceptance project for myself is, is to think about, you know, I've been on this ADHD journey for, you know, a bunch of years now and medicated for a bunch God, of years. How long has it been now? Like, uh, I think I was diagnosed yesterday. I, was 40, I know, I think it was 43. So it's been about six years, I think. And, and like at this point, you know, any miracles that I expected either therapy or drugs to produce will have been produced. And so I'm settling into the version of myself that knows my diagnosis and that is receiving medical and psychological treatment for that. But like, who am I now? Right. Like what, what is still going to change about me? And, and I know that there are some things I do in my life that are designed to work around the immutable differences that I, that I have. I bring earplugs with me everywhere because I can't make the world quieter and I can't, I can't change my reaction to noises, but I can say, you know, I just don't deal well in noisy environments and I'm going to bring orange fluorescent foam earplugs um, and the world will deal with that. Right. Yeah. And there are other areas in my life and that's okay. And that's self-acceptance, but there's other areas of my life where I'm like, if I just get the right dose and maybe like a few more sessions of therapy, I'm going to be able to transform this part of my sort of enactment of self in the world into something that is less disappointing to me, which is to say more typical. Right. And maybe I just need to get a better acquainted with those parts of myself that, you know, after now six years on this journey are probably, you know, not going to reverse themselves. Right. Any dramatic changes have probably already happened, but maybe now I need to work with who I am instead of trying to hide or overcome who I am. Right. Like I can maybe work on strategies so that I arrange my life so that I know I have a tendency to be barely on time for things so that I don't put myself in situations where I have a bunch of things I have to be scrupulously on time for, right? Um, And I can keep name tags for people so that I will eventually learn their names. And, you know, maybe there's some other parts of me that I don't have to pretend that are going to do a 180, right? That I'm suddenly going to be a different type of person if I just try hard enough. And maybe I just need to accept and work with those parts. And that's maybe something I'm going to do over the summer is just try to really think about which parts of me are going to stay just the way they are now. And how can I make peace with that? Yeah. And that's hard. Ugh, right. Yeah. So I'm doing it in a non-teaching term. That's why. <laughs> yeah. So summer that's... of self-acceptance. I love it though. Well, other than mm-hmm. it being a summer of self-acceptance, what are your, what are some of your plans for the summer? Um, some of my plans for the summer include probably some trips around Ontario. There's a government incentive for doing like hotel stays in Ontario. You can actually claim some of your lodging expenses now because they're trying to reboost the tourism industry post COVID. Right. Um, so I think we're mostly going to stay in Ontario this summer, um, and, and do a little bit of trips that way. I want to do some museums with my kid and some art galleries and 
nice. and that kind of thing and swim a lot at the pool at my community pool. How about you? Uh, I'm going to be shuttling my children to various activities all summer. Oh, um, my daughter got a job coaching. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. At a summer pool. Uh, but so in Canada, Mm-hmm. at least and maybe it's changed i don't know but in canada when i was growing up you you couldn't get your lifeguarding certification until you were 16 that's right here it's 15 oh well there yeah. you go well <gasps> and, and and so she passed her lifeguarding certification and she's not going to lifeguard she only just wants to coach which right. i'm okay with she's still only 15 she'll make yeah. some money but she'll still have some balance yeah um you know but <laughs> when you're when you're 15, you can't have a driver's license. Yeah. Okay. Like you think you have a problem there, Lee? Here's my problem. My kid is turning 16 at the beginning of June. <gasps> Guess who is teaching them how to drive? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's not going to be their father. I will tell you that. Yeah. No, exactly. No, it's the same in my house. She's already said it's not going to be dad. Dad is not yeah. teaching me how to drive. It's So maybe my summer of self-acceptance is also going to be my summer of trying <laughs> to keep my child and I alive um, and in good spirits while I teach them how to drive. Um, <laughs> I, this is the sort of thing, though, that I, I'm sort of like, you know what? How much is it to pay for lessons? Yeah. This seems yeah. like, this seems like an t- activity or task. Like we're going to pay an accountant to do our taxes. We're going to pay a professional to teach you how to drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I'll, I'll report back on that in the fall yeah. when we come back. <laughs> yeah. My husband was like, really like, oh yeah, you should definitely, I think it's going to be great. Alyn's going to get a license and Alyn's going to do this and this, that, and the other. And I looked at him, I said, you're picturing a Lynn driving my car, aren't you? He was like, oh God, yes. I was like, yeah, that's why you're so sanguine about it, right? Yeah. Every time you're picturing our kid behind the wheel, the kid is behind the wheel of my car and not your yeah. car, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your summer is a summer of driving. Yep, but it'll, but it'll be nice, right? She's, you know, she's going to coach and she loves that kind of work. Yeah. And my son is going to swim um and so you know we're gonna go to the pools and we're gonna go to swim meets and my husband's work is the travel is ramped up and so he's gonna be gone most of the summer which is why our vacation we're planning on going to scotland in september we have our plane tickets and everything already Um, i know i'm so excited i've never been to Mm -hmm. scotland and the kids have never been overseas before oh my gosh amazing yeah so we're really excited about that um but sort of white and and it's always really hard for for me to do uh, vacations in August because right. that's when the Back my job starts time. ramping yeah. up again, right? Yeah. So we swim the entire month of July, yeah, right. It's all swim meets and 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 practices and team parties and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and then August rolls around and it slows down, but then my work um, goes up because we're getting ready for faculty to come back. Yeah, that's um, right. You know. So, so we were like, yeah, uh, September, October is probably better for a family vacation, which is, which is fine. So it's look, that's self-acceptance right there. Yeah. yeah. Not like well, everybody yeah. takes vacations in the summer. Why don't we take vacations in the summer? Like a normal family? Well, and now, you know, and I bet you'll have a better trip because of yep. it. Oh yeah. Well, and, and we, we went through the same thing. Like I, I'm sanguine about this because like, I went through the same thing growing up where it was like, why can we never take a summer vacation? You're always at the pool and you can, you always say no, but I have the synchro meet. No, but I have a swim meet. No, but there's five water polo games. No, but you know, and then I started working and it was no, but I, I work 40 hours a week at the pool. Um, and then some, uh, so it was always like, yeah, we can't take, we, we don't take vacations when normal people take vacations. So well, there you go. we're going to go to Scotland in the fall. Why we're not? Really, really going to get the Scottish experience. That's right. It's going to be very foggy and chill. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Very It'll just scenic. be like, we're going to, we're going to, I'll take pictures of my daughter looking longingly over the like moors or whatever. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. It'll be very moody and atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what should we leave our listeners with for the summer Lee? Cause they're going to be deprived of our constantly yammering high-speed crosstalk. Well, they could always, I'm sure if they're, if they're like us, they've probably forgotten what we've said in past episodes. Right. Um, so feel free to go back to the beginning and re-listen to all 71 episodes. Uh, well, why not? That'll kill some time. Be a completist <laughs> about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's great advice. Um, but also I think, you know, think about ways that, that, that you can practice self-acceptance as well mm-hmm. and encourage those people. If you're one of those people who are listening, who live with somebody who is neurodivergent, um, help them 
uh, without being patronizing, uh, right. but find ways to encourage and help them uh, for the, find self-acceptance through your own acceptance of them. Um, and just, yeah, and just be, you know, take a vacation from being hard on yourself. Oh, right? that's like, perfect. Yeah, take a vacation from being hard on yourself. Take a vacation from beating yourself up. Take a vacation from trying to be, trying to appear neurotypical. Take a vacation from all of that and just be this summer. Oh my gosh, Lee, you need to make like an Instagram, like inspiration poster with pastel colors and like some beautiful calligraphy, right? Take a vacation from being hard on yourself. I think I'm going to write that down somewhere and that's going to be my work this summer. I love the way you phrased that. Lee, thank you very much. Thanks. Oh, that should be a clip. Maybe I'll put that up on Instagram. Yep. Put that up on Instagram. Absolutely. Or I'll distract myself by logging into Canva and uh, trying to make the most inspirational Instagram post. Yeah. Yeah. And then forget what you were doing. Yeah. Just like, just like there's no artwork because I don't know what Canva account I used and I can't (laughs) find the template. those yellow cards yep yep (laughs) hashtag relatable okay we should wrap this up and let people start their summer yes and thank you again everyone for listening Mm -hmm. um you know if i do the math there's probably a little over we we're just over seventy one thousand downloads seventy two thousand downloads and so that's a little over a thousand people listening to this if we you know divide it up um that's a thousand more than we ever thought we would get absolutely yeah so we thank you for that we appreciate Mm -hmm. that we love all of the emails that you send we love all the comments and the tweets that you send us and and um like i said take a vacation from being hard on yourself and we will Mm -hmm. see you in the fall sometime in the fall like like amy and i were joking before i was like when are we going to tell them we're coming back and i'm like let's not do that to ourselves we're just going to say fall and we're not going to say what year (laughs) yeah (laughs) no don't worry it'll well no no let's don't let's not make promises don't let's not make any promises Size time has no meaning. You won't tell that you won't know the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Have a great summer. Bye.